You're listening to Lowering the Tone with me, Katie. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Lowering the Tone with me, me, Katie. Many apologies for it taking so long. This episode I managed to catch up with an old friend of mine, Reva Starr. But before we get to that interview, we have over an hour's worth of music. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, this is a podcast, not a promo mix. So I'm indulging myself in some music that I absolutely love. We're going to edge into this episode, keeping it a little bit atmospheric and groove-based. As always, second half of the mix, I'm going to take it down. In this case, I'm not going to take it down too far. In case you haven't listened to the show before, if you want a track listing, you have to go to meetkatie.com and subscribe, and I will mail you the track listing. I will also mail you previous episodes of Lower in the Tone, so you may catch up. Alright, let's get into this. This is Steve Headflux. You're listening to Meet Katie's Lowering the Tone podcast. Mm-hmm. 
early, I'm gonna edge into this show. I have a few people I need to give a shout to. My Boise crew, Tony Bradbury. It's really good to catch up with you at the Aesthetic Evolution Festival a few months back. Absolute quality. Also, thank you to Casey and KP for looking after me. And uh, Dave and Jessa, as always, it's a pleasure. I'd also like to give my friend Ryan from In A Fly a shout. Congratulations on his brand new baby. Well done, mate.
like any of the music you're listening to now, head over to meetkatie.com and hit subscribe, and I will send you a track listing.
something brand new from me. It's a remix I did for Chevy One and Hanon. It's called Hostage and it's on lot 49. Enjoy.
Coombs, and you're listening to Lowering the Tone with Meet KT.
Hi everybody, this is Beat Tempest. You're listening to Meet Katie on Love Are the Tone. Right, I'm going to drop it down for a little while. And then after this section, we're going to head off into the interview with Steph Reverstar. There's a few other people I'd like to give a quick mention to. Frankie Lamb, Jam Master A, Manager Alex and Juliana. Thank you for looking after me at the gig in Shenzhen in China a few weeks back. I had an awesome time. Thank you.
so far if you want to help share the link share it with your friends let everybody know about it I'd love to be getting more episodes out more regularly so if you see me tweeting it or mentioning it on Facebook wherever help me out don't make me look like a donut on my own trying to promote it you're listening to Lauren Tone with me me Katie
anyone interested in helping the show, head over to my Bandcamp page. That's bkt.bandcamp.com. Anything you buy off my page, all proceeds will go towards funding this podcast. This iTunes in particular is kicking me ass with the bandwidth. My own success, I guess. Anyhow, head over there and drop a few dollars on any of the track. I'll try and keep it updated with some new stuff as well. Let's try and keep this show going. Hey, this is Meta. You're listening to Meet Katie's Lovering the Tomb podcast. Yo, Vetelt, Savastok.
shows worth mentioning on the 8th of November I'll be playing at the Spiral Tribe Party at the Lakota in Bristol that's the full Spiral Tribe crew plus Radioactive Man and then on the 22nd of November I'm playing the B Massive the 11th birthday party and that's with Meta Lucky 23 and Mira there's a load more shows happening in December I'll be going back to the USA Keep an eye on my Facebook page for updates. And I think we're getting to that time now. Exclusive. Yo. Hello. <laughs> uh, 
Right, I'd like to welcome Steph, an old friend of mine, Reva Star, to Lowering the Tone podcast. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's been a while, isn't it? <laughs> it's been a while. It's um, it's good that we kind of have dived straight into this interview rather than having all afternoon chatting because then, <laughs> you know, we won't have much to chat about on the show. So um, thanks for doing it. Thanks for sparing some time. I know you've been busy. Oh, thanks for coming down to the studio. Yeah, um, my laptop broke, so we're doing it on on your system yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm hoping it'll work okay (laughs) yeah it's fine uh so what's been going on all good man yeah it's been happening a few different things over the year i haven't seen you in a while so you've had two children since i last saw you one's four one's four and a half man it's been a while yeah been a while um yeah it's all good um Going ahead with this Riverstar project is actually doing really well and pretty happy with it. Been going well for a yeah, quite a while, really. I'm working hard on it, but um, sometimes it's not easy because, of course, you just want to explore different things. And uh, you know, I'm quite an eclectic producer. Um, so lately, I did that uh, eat, sleep, rave, repeat thing. Yes, uh, that was actually very cool. It was like a very old school acid house kind of number with some funny weird vocals on top from Birdman who is a genius yeah yeah and then the EDM took over the whole song and <laughs> Calvin Harris did a remix and people thought that was I was playing EDM it was like uh guys that's a Calvin Harris remix my name yeah. is not Calvin Harris yeah um and then a few other people just you know did EDM shitty remixes and what, uh, what label was it on skin was on skin yeah. and then Sony and then yeah. licensed worldwide in yeah. a number of countries. It's it was a big track. Huge. It was like everywhere on the cup of teas, on the t-shirts. <laughs> the slogan was everywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, can't complain. But I'm just like, you know, when, when you have a kid and it's turning 18 and he's like, okay, you're ready to leave home. <laughs> so yeah. I decided to leave that track behind because I belong to the underground, I think. Yeah. You know, like. You know, it, it's not my thing, and I couldn't play in places. They were they were trying to book me in like bottle service clubs and stuff. Oh, really? You know where I come in from? America? I yeah, I, everywhere. Yeah. I come. It's now taking over everywhere with all this bottle service club and VIP areas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just have to play what I have to play, uh, and that's it. I mean, so um, yeah, that was a good experience. Uh, good to work with Norman, and uh, but you know. I'm just doing my thing. You know? Well, um, funny enough, that's one of the questions that I got sent to ask you. What was it like working with him? It was amazing. I mean, um, it's always been one of my, you know, references in the past. Even when I didn't know it was him behind the records, you know, like Pizza Man or Beats International or whatever. And then I was finding out all the time, you know, when the good old vinyl, you know, was, yeah. was in our hands, you know, on the credits on the back. And it was like, Norman Cook, Norman fucking Cook, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this is a genius. And then the big bit came and was, you know, part of the reason why I just, you know, came into breaks and, uh, you know, starting from his early productions, you know, on the and early skin, skin vinyls, sounds, yeah. you know, the, ver- yeah, the yeah, recycled yep, covers, yep. amazing. That's it. Um, and I was one of the few buying breakbeat in Italy. Uh, I was just flying to London to buy it, buy records to uh, Vinyl Addiction. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Finger Licking Boy, yeah, eventually, thing. you know, but... Uh, what's the name of the guy with the dreadlocks? Ray. 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 Amazing, <laughs> I love him. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while, but, you know, so much fun. And actually, is where I met Plaza de Funk, you know, my oh, friend Marcello. Yeah, yeah. Marcello. He was dressed up in a suite because he was coming up, you know, from his bank work, uh, bank job. And um, I met 
met him in vinyl and you know with my bad english i was talking to ray i was with santos actually and he was like are you italian yeah oh i'm marcello and then we became friends and All then right, cool. from there you know like we've been, we've been hanging around you know yeah it's an francesco yeah jugo as well francesco crazy yeah um yeah, so um, which was the question? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Norman King. What was it like? Ah, uh, Norman. Was yeah. it, was, I know, obviously, you you know, clearly you were influenced by his, you know, kind of production. Yeah, I mean, stuff, the thing is that when I guy, you know? when I came to London, I really want, I really had some points I wanted to touch, and one of these was like to catch up with Norman, and I know he was running the Southern Friend label that at the time was huge, super yeah. hype and stuff. I did some bootlegs of some Fat Boys tracks. I sent it to them. And they were like, oh, let's make a vinyl and, you know, with some signed copies from Norman because he loves it. He was playing my stuff. And right. then I signed an EP with them. And then after all this, and the bootlegs were getting a lot of hype. And of course, the Rivastar name was a brand new name in the business yeah. and was getting a lot of love on the blogs and stuff. So they put me in touch with him uh, and I started sending him, you know, stuff, beats. And I was like, you know, hey, let's make some stuff. And he was like, no, okay. Hey, let's make some stuff. No, let's make some music. No, right. <laughs> Even, you know, I mean, it, it, no, it's always very gentle. It was like, ah, you know what? Well, I'm not, I'm not really doing music at the moment. It was in a, you know, in one of those periods and right. where you didn't want to make any music and stuff. But after a while, you know, I come from Naples, so I can be pretty, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I managed to hook up with him for a bit and, uh, and we ended up doing something else at the end. But, you yeah. know, I went to Brighton where he lives and uh, I went into his like legendary studio. Yeah. And we, we worked with uh, Atari and... Um, Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Atari, the, the, Cubase, the yeah. old one. No, no, no. The it's uh, it's uh, like a vertical sequencer, oh, very really? old school. I got some pictures. Yeah. And um, and the uh, Akai samplers, the 950. Yeah, the 950. He's got yeah, two yeah. Uh, two 950s with the diskettes, with the original diskettes from the 90s. Wow. So we used some of the samples, and then he was friend with Birdman, and so we we did the first track together, Get Naked which was very good. Yeah. Uh, and then after a while, we decided to do another one and we made it sleep in like 45 minutes. Really? Just kind of get <laughs> Yeah, a few beers and uh, so much fun. That's always the best way. They're the honest tracks. Yeah. You know, it's a, you know, a lot of producers say, you know, including myself, is that if you have to force elements into a track, no. you know, just don't, don't bother. Just write something new. Yeah. Tracks should write themselves naturally and they're, they're the best tracks. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, so we had so much fun and then we became friends and he's very kind and sometimes when you know he's a genius I, I really rate him and I, I've learned a lot from him and uh, whenever I need some suggestions on some tracks I'm doing side projects or whatever I just send him and he's very kind and just give me suggestions and you know some feedback yeah feedback and whatever so it's yeah, That's it's very great, nice yeah. to have a friend like him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was the same as you. you and know. he's such a lovely person as well, very humble, shy, but, you know, it's cool to talk to. Right, cool, cool. I've, I've never met him myself, but, you know, the same as you, you know, I was picking up those early records and they influenced me as well. You know? Yeah, big time. He just had the golden touch. Yeah. You know, he's <laughs> he, just sounding bigger and better everything. than everyone else is. Yeah. <laughs> everything, everything. Like Plum Digis at some point. Same, they, yeah, they, yeah. Just, the plums they used the to same. turn into platinum, everything they were touching. Every time you'd, you'd get sent a track, you'd, just, you'd see it, a bit of vinyl, like a promo bit of vinyl. I used to get excited before I'd even played it. Uh, that's, a nice, um, that's a nice thing. Uh, basically, when I still was in Italy, um, uh, around 2000 or something, I was running, uh, I was running this band uh, project with a major label in Italy, a 
re- was really into new school breaks. Mm-hmm. I was really into plump DJs, and I was like, uh, let's just call them and see if they want to make a remix. You know, they d- they just did the remix for the classic uh, Acid House tune. Do you remember the one? I can't remember the name now. But I mean, they were huge, and we were like, oh, let's try and call them. And then we called them, and maybe Abel, you know, for you know, answered at the phone. I was like, ah, are you from Italy? Ah. What do you want? A remix? Ah, 15 grand. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was a clearly answer. like, ah, we don't want to do it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I tried at least, and then we became friends, and they even yeah. licensed one Maddox track on their album that yeah. smells like Naples. They were playing all my stuff on their, on their sets. So yeah, 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 yeah. We became friends. I mean, it's been nice, you know, to, to, to see all the scene growing up and evolving since I was in Naples, I was playing your vinyls, you know, the the, the, the Sunshine vinyl, the bootleg, right, yeah. and all, all the Elite Force, and Meet Katie, and um, Renny Pilgrim, and Plums, yeah. and stuff. And then when I moved to London, I became friends with everyone, and yeah. it was amazing. And well, you came down and played at our night, Hum, and it was just yeah, down the road from I where mean, we are right now. In, um, we're, in, we're in Hoxton, and it was it was just off Old Street Roundabout, and there's a warehouse called The Fortress. Okay. New Santos... And Andrea, Andrea Lai, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, Andrea Lai from uh, Agatha's. Ag- Agatha. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was running one of the best parties. Yeah, I'd say in Europe, you know, for so breakfast. good, amazing. Yeah, and that was a squat as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it that was, was a squat. That's why it was so good. I mean, the people was like ready for new music and stuff. I still remember the Plum DJs playing there and for a packed out, you know, yeah. club. And amazing, good times. Yeah, really good times. Yeah, I used to love going. And uh, Ricardo, his partner, was it Ricardo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember he took me for a ride um, on his moped around the road. <laughs> And it was so bumpy, the rides I got off, and I couldn't walk that night because <laughs> the seat just kept smashing my ass. And uh, it was all bruised. I remember trying to DJ, and I couldn't, I couldn't move around because I was all bruised up the back of my legs from all the cobblestones in, the ro- in Rome. Welcome <laughs> to the South. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, so I've got a few questions um, that people have sent in from the Facebook um, would you mind answering any of these, or is it just, just? Oh well, I mind a bit. We're kind of not even recent, but um, in the last few years, you've started your own label, Snatch, mm-hmm. um, which means pussy. I didn't know that. Sorry, did, didn't you know? No, <laughs> I thought that you named it. After. No, I named it up. You know, after the the movie, <laughs> and I, I really liked the sound. And then, and then, funny enough, the first logo were two parentheses with an exclamation mark. In oh, the center, no, like a clam. <laughs> yeah, it was like you know some coincidences. It was like I didn't even know. Oh man, that's <laughs> I'm Italian. I'm allowed to make such a you know. yeah. That's um, in in, in <laughs> the UK. That's slang for uh, ladies' genitals. I like that though. I mean, I'm not complaining. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a very nice mistake. Yeah, no. Well, we cleared that up. I was going to ask you, where did you get the name from? Um, so, w- with regards to signing music, um, obviously you put out. Um, no, predominantly your own material is a kind of features heavily on the label but um obviously you've done a lot of collaborations and there's a lot of remixes come floating through the label like um one of them dj sneak yeah in particular i really liked um how, how do you go that's about break, that's breaky it is breaky yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I, yeah yeah it's very good um how do you go about picking up tracks because you know so, some people some people listen to demos and some people actually target people that like, for example, if, if you want a DJ sneak thing, would you approach him or is it something that 
an, a conversation that would have developed and it just happened? Is it something you do you orchestrate? Uh, there's not a rule, to be honest. You know, like traveling a lot means that you can catch up with other people. And then if you meet them more than once, you become friends eventually, mm. you know, like so. Um, uh, and they maybe just send you feedback because they respect your music and vice versa. There's not a rule, even like in listening to demos or whatever. Sometimes I ask to some friends or to some people that I really like um, the way they are producing at the moment. Uh, and I don't really mind if they're famous or unknown. Yeah. It's it's more about the quality of the music, to be honest. If you're feeling it or not. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, and then I, I get tons of demos. So we, every Monday we do an ANR meeting uh, with two, three gigabytes of demos and we go <laughs> through them. And firstly, we see if there's some good ideas and sound quality. And then uh, we select the tracks. I try to play them out. If I don't play them out, it means that, you know, Yes. I don't feel them enough. So there's a few steps. Yeah. Uh, and I always tell to the people, even, you know, you can see these young producers, they are, you know, starving and they just want to release as much as they can. Yeah. It's like, uh, you don't have to be in a rush, you know, for yeah. a good release. I mean, at least for Snatch, uh, allow me four, five, six weeks because we need to test it out, be sure. Yeah. Also, because if we pick the best of the bunch, we can do the best promotion we can. Yeah. Um, it, there's no point. I mean, I always think that. It, there's no point to release 10 EPs in a year that do like one good EP, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's better, you know, like to be consistent in terms of quality rather than quantity. Quantity, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it is difficult explaining that, you know, one, one decent track is so much better than 10 average tracks. Yeah, because now yeah. the message that is going is, that, you know, is that always, you have to be always on the map, always on top, always cool, super yeah. socials, number of likes, number of tweets, uh. retweets and comments and likes and whatever. For me, you know, music has to do the talk and... Yeah. And quality really pays off. I mean, it's better to do a record that people will play in even in two years, three years, rather than something that in two weeks will disappear yeah. from Beatport. Well, this is a conversation we had um, while we were having a coffee before this interview. Is about a lot of the music that that you discover isn't in the charts. It's not the stuff that's highlighted that sounds like everything else. And they're the tracks that once you put them in your set, they can stay in your set for, an, for a year, easy. Yeah. Because nobody else is playing them. Exactly. They, because they haven't discovered them. So there is a kind of... There is a thing about quality, it will last a lot, lot longer. Whereas, you, you know, is if you pick a track, if a good track, but if it's in the top 20 of Beatport, you have a shelf life on that before every, it's, it's oh, look, he's not playing that Plus track. Plus you're you playing know. obvious stuff yeah, that exactly. is accessible to everyone. I mean, the new, the new secret promo nowadays is not about having, you know, the the kind of tracks that no one has because you, you just have access to that promo on vinyl or whatever. Now everyone can get access to everything. Yep. The, you know, the secret is just to create, dig in and get the, the cool stuff that no one, you know, well, because there's thousands of tracks every ah, every week. Every week, know? yeah. So, I mean, your ability has to be in just finding the gems between yeah. the garbage. Well, it was <laughs> like, like when you used to go and collect um, vinyl, it was like the B2 on the single would be the track you get, that you would end up playing for a long time that that nobody flipped it over and actually listened to the couldn't to couldn't the order yeah, yeah exactly you know to the actual gem that was hidden that was away freaking there freaking lazy isn't it yeah um so yeah i guess you know that's um i that with with regards to the quality thing um like you just say you know is that um it, it's just it's a bit of sometimes with with new artists they're quite impatient to get the music out 
and and get moving mm. you know and it's it's the same as like you 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 say right yeah we're going to put this out and they immediately want to stick up on soundcloud and you're like whoa, 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 slow down yeah <laughs> you know? we have a promotion plan just stick to this and you know believe us and you know we've we've been right till now i mean everyone that has done the release on snatch really enjoyed the way we were promoting it we have more than 200 feedbacks from the biggest djs around and and we can do that just because we try and select the best music we can yeah and there's a snatch sound around it and sometimes i'm really happy because people uh, sometimes send me eps uh referring to snatch as a proper sound label you know what I mean? That's, which yeah. is you know uh, which was happening for river star i mean people were saying oh if i listen to a track i can recognize that it's a river star and it was happening with Maddox as well. Yeah. Same for Santos. Same for you, yeah. for yourself. And that makes the difference. If you manage to get a sound, not just trying to be another copycat of some other bigger yeah. artist. Create your own vibe. Who is successful yeah, yeah, yeah. at the moment. So, I mean, all the bigger DJs and producers I know around, they have their own sound. And it's fairly recognizable. Well, that was actually what I was going to ask you next. Was um, how, how would you describe your own, your own sound and your label sound? Because obviously they're, they're interconnected because of, the amount of yeah, because style. I choose which track has to be released, and yeah. it's connected to what I play in the club and what, and what feel. I feel is fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty hard. Every time people ask me to describe my sound, it's it's pretty hard because I couldn't describe myself as well. I'm so crazy in terms of what I want to do, of what I've been doing. I, I, you know, I come from a very white you know background. From I've been listening to from hip hop to classical music. You know, like. Progressive rock, <laughs> electro from the 80s. So I just want to have fun in the studio. Uh, back in the days uh, with a bit less experience, I was doing everything under one name. And I, I understand now that it's not possible. People is not ready to get all these inputs in just one project. And I totally understand, totally get that if you expect uh, uh, from, my, from a DJ, you know, in a club to play uh based on you know on uh, the knowledge you have of his production it's kind of weird because if i'm too wide in terms of styles people wouldn't know what to expect people get upset yeah so i'm just trying to you know to separate the projects now river star is gonna be very precise in terms of of sound still kind of wider than the usual i don't like to be uh, a monotonous, you know, like yeah. boring underground DJ that is scared of, you know, putting some melodies on top yeah. of, of beats. I'm, I've always been funky, you know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we like funk, so um, but I'm gonna do some more poppy projects and um, uh, some projects that are more like based on bass lines, like the Dirty Bird one right. where I started. Yeah. Um, that is different from what I'm playing at the moment, but I still like that stuff because I think it's very connected to breakbeat. Yeah. It's like my Maddox output, and I do that stuff under Genghis Clan. I do oh, a right, track yeah. on yeah. Dirty Bird as Genghis Clan, and then I have some more tribally projects like El Pocho. I did one, a release on Cadenza and a few other remixes and stuff. So. Now I'm just separating the projects and making everything clear. You know, that's Riverstar. If you if you listen to Riverstar, you're going to get this. And if I play in the club, you're going to get this. And then eventually maybe I'm going to do some DJ sets one-off with the other projects. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's too much energy. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know where you're getting the time from, especially yeah. with a couple of kids as well. Um... Uh, the good thing is that I can work on music while I travel. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, fundamental. I, I got two laptops, so if one... You You've know. got three laptops in front. And that's for the studio. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> this is for traveling. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, but they're pretty handy, I mean, in terms of 
workflow yeah. it's amazing i can just do all of that well, stuff. well funny enough when um when you I, I don't think you or you just maybe released your first reeve star single um and this was back when we played together in in georgia let me tell you this i now remember do you remember we so sat in a hotel basically, room basically when we played in georgia that was the end of april early may in 2006 7 yeah 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 I had a big luggage with me. That's right. Because I was moving from Georgia, from Na from Naples to London right, via okay. Georgia. Yeah. So there was the time I was like with no money, like very, like no money. So I was like, oh, I'm playing in Georgia. Let's get the ticket back to London instead of back to Naples. And, you know, I just moved. Yeah. And I decided to move to London in two weeks. So basically I was playing there in uh, March. And I spent, I was uh, playing in, in, uh, on Friday and I was supposed to leave back on Saturday. And I decided to stay all the weekend, no sleep. After hours, after hours, I met up with some people and, you know, and ended up playing some after hours as Riverstar and stuff because <laughs> I was still playing as Maddox. And then I was like, I have to move to London. Yeah. Can't stay in Naples in Italy anymore. And then I decided to move when I went to Georgia. And that when, was when you turned orange. Yeah. That's one of the funniest <laughs> stories. I I'll explain it because I've never said this story. I've I've, <laughs> I've typed it out. But um, me and um me and Steph played together. We done like a back to back set. In, yeah, yeah. Um, a night office in Tbilisi. So um, much energy. Yeah, like a former Soviet Union um, place. And um, we we connected. We got a flight from London to a. Uh, at Istanbul, we connected. It was in where they were Turkey. smoking inside the airport. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, and they had a little section where which was non-smoking, and the rest of the airport <laughs> was smoking. And um, I, 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 you know, I'm sure you all know that I, I shaved my head anyway. So I went into like a chemist in um, in the airport, and I brought the razor to shave my head when we got to Tbilisi, and I got some moisturizer. Anyway, that <laughs> night my head was really, really stinging. And um, what I'd done is, because obviously I couldn't read Turkish, <laughs> and I just looked for like aloe vera and hydration, and I'd accidentally picked up a self-tanning <laughs> bottle, <laughs> which was a moisturiser as well. So by the time we got back to London, I was bright orange, and my hands were <laughs> orange as well. And I remember you just, I, remember I had my hood up, and I said, look, what the fuck have I done? Look, look at my face. And you thought that I'd done it on purpose, trying to tan myself. <laughs> Man, that was one of the funniest DJ <laughs> stories I've ever had. What a dick! <laughs> so much fun, uh, but yeah, you know that. And I remember sitting in um, the hotel room, and you were playing me the new stuff you'd been working on, and you were so excited about the project. It was, it was like day one. You were just like, "Man, I'm inspired. This is what yeah. this is where I want to go." And it, I mean, we got back within within three months of that show you had elevated this Reva Star project to like a, a proper top 10 artist around that period of time. It was just, it went from like zero to a hundred miles an hour in a very Crazy. short space. That was the Dirty Bird release yeah. and Front Room. Yeah, Front Room as well. That was pretty hype at the moment as well. I mean, I, I released on two of the hypest labels. At yeah, the, at and the they time. were the hottest. They, they, I mean, they were just, everyone wanted on those labels. Yeah. And, and not only did you put music on it, they were the hot tracks on the hot labels. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They were crazy. Can, how, did, how, how did you go about making the jump and going, this is what I want to do, and well, actually reaching these people? It's not been immediate. I mean, we, we, we were struggling possibly for a 
couple of years in the Britpit scene. I mean, I remember. No, I mean, I, I, mean was... I mean with Reva Star because you just went right. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, and I mean, it... we, we we were struggling for break to find some good breaks. You know, yeah, it's been going for a couple of years. So, uh, I was just always trying to do different things. Breakbeat was not exciting me anymore. Still love, was still loving it, but you know, if you don't find any, we were just playing our stuff. So I was doing, you know, my River Star project on the side slowly. And then I hooked up with the guys on MySpace. It was the early days of MySpace, so it was not that busy and everyone was in person on the on the socials. So I hooked up with Von Stroke and Jesse Rose and they picked up the track straight away. Yeah. And in six months time, and I did something like 70 remixes in two years. I really needed money. I just, <laughs> I mean, I came back, I came to London with not even a thousand euros. Really? And I had to rent the studio. Thanks God, I went, I went um, uh, to Marcello's house, Plaza de Funk house, and he gave me a room for almost free. So he really helped me out, on, yeah. on, you know, for the first months. And I spent all the money in the stu for the studio eating shit <laughs> doing some like, after hours for 50 pounds or something yeah. but you know still trying to to get my my profile you know up there and Working then in, it. yeah uh, in one year one and a half year things really started to pick up but till the 2010 i didn't really make the jump in the more crossover kind of yeah. area 2010 i did i was drunk with the uh, nodes and uh, from then on like Man, that was crazy killer release crazy but it was so kind of it was so um it was thinking outside the box at that point and it it just i mean i remember just hearing this track and just going that's fucking genius <laughs> that's genius because it was such a good such a, a good feeling like a, a good time track that could work in a club but could also work outside of a club you know yeah. like in a shopping center yeah I mean, exactly it, it was just a good piece of music um that's you know that's that's a real that's a real um that's a scary proposition that you've done what with, with what you did moving to london on a kind of hope that things might work out to where you are now that's um that should be quite inspiring for like you know young producers that are thinking about doing it. that's a lot of self-belief <laughs> you i think you have to you really have to try you don't really want to complain about yourself when you get older oh if i had to done this or that or whatever oh, you know wish like i you, done this yeah yeah, yeah i mean and and at the end of the day i was working so hard to try and make things happen from italy that i was like if i move to london it shouldn't be harder you know like i'm working 24 hours a day here and i always get you know a lot of problems you know and issues because i'm here in italy in the shithole of the fucking you know south of where, where were you were you naples yeah are you from naples Napoli, yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah. my, so my girlfriend's from naples really yeah yeah well, uh, well her, she's half italian but yeah that's uh, her family so from did she teach you some napolitan bad no, words she's been teaching me how to pickpocket no no <laughs> you know that that's the a bad word yeah it's there's the a pickpocket in capital of europe yeah no 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 it's pretty it's pretty tough over there there's yeah, a lot of very poor poor people and it's not getting any better, sadly. Really? But yeah, hopefully in the future. Do you, do you support Naples? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Buenos Aires lately uh, uh, in August. Oh, and right, they're okay. still crazy, you know, for Napolitan people because of Maradona yeah, or whatever. Yeah. They really wanted me to sing the Maradona song. <laughs> we made it, you know, in Naples when he came to play in the 80s. I was like, I oh, know. Hey, I give the, the ride for free with the taxi driver. If you sing me the Maradona song, I know, look, look, my look, my skin. You know, I'm so excited because you're Italian. Just can you sing? No. <laughs> I paid the ride. <laughs> it's okay. 
No, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, of course I support Naples. Yeah. How do you, because you, you, last time I saw you, you were playing football yourself as well. Yeah, I've been playing still, football. still playing? No. Nah, no time. I no don't. time, man. I'd really love, I'm not sure uh, if I'm still in good shape to play football anymore. <laughs> man, <laughs> I'm not going to show you. But yeah, I mean, I'm still into it. Not massive fun. I don't have enough time at the moment, but you know. Yeah. It's a shame London's such a good place for football as well you yeah know, know. it's like the football crazy here maybe not as much as the italians but they you know, no, no but here. still yeah. <laughs> still i can maybe get back to football when i'm gonna start taking my kids to oh uh, yeah you <laughs> can, yeah you can live the dream for your children <laughs> you know yeah but that's that's pretty much it yeah well look, so so i have to thank to a few people as well who really helped me out in london yeah. like marcello and you know francesco i stayed at his house for a while as well is Marcello still in um, he's in LA now is he was in LA last time I spoke to him well last time I saw, saw him on um, Facebook yeah um, I'm gonna catch up with him very soon because I'm playing there yeah in a few weeks time so. oh right cool cool because you, you've been away tra- touring DJ and yeah that's another problem is this, I a, mean, is, this, is this a tour to support anything in particular or are you just hitting the road no I just did since I was drunk I've been touring basically non-stop yeah uh, even like almost 200 gigs a year like sometimes like 2010 11 uh but now i'm slowing down i'm yeah. just picking up the best things and i want to do more studio work it's difficult isn't it because um there's a balance yeah there's a balance of course you get most of the money from from the gigs at, at the moment unless yeah. you, you do a number one hit or whatever yeah um but yeah i'm slightly turning into more of a production mouse rather than <laughs> yeah it's funny you say it because i'm um i'm interviewing alex metric and we were talking about the shows because he's similar to you he'd just go out there and just do weekend 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 and go out touring it i drift into the week so it's wednesday thursday friday saturday and then get a couple of days and he's so tired that how, how can you write music when you're just exhausted yeah no. you know back in the studio so there's you know it's that it's a balance but then the music is the stuff that allows you to go out and dj yeah, so it. it's a chicken egg yeah i know that's why i'm trying to you know um also, the I was finding out that the, the also the quality of the productions after 2010 was going down. Even the way I was picking up the the releases on Snatch, and that's because I was you know traveling so much that I was hardly at home. And then I had the kids, yeah. and you know our energy unit. Yeah, you know, we don't have any parents here, so we had to do everything on our own. Of course, you can have nannies or whatever, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I just stopped for a while last year, and uh, I just stopped and focused on what I was doing, and and I realized that I was going in the wrong direction. That was not really belonging to me anymore. It's a very easy cir- uh, circle you can get in. You know, you start seeing money and bigger gigs, and you don't really want to lose all these, and, you know, maybe they are playing you stuff at the radio every time specialist radio most yep. of the time and stuff so you 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 try and and i i've always been saying you don't have to make music to please people and i was doing it yeah you know at the end yeah. please people because you know i didn't really want to lose what i was getting and then i stopped and realized hey that's not my thing i mean i shouldn't just think about radio airplays or you know getting bigger fees and getting into vegas because they get you know like 10 figures yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and i just stopped and came back to reality and uh came back to do what i wanted to do i made an album yeah with some of my favorite artists like Horace sandy roots manuva yeah. a few italians and um and uh, you know i'm starting 
you know this new project as well and Riverstar is coming back to right track I just did a yeah. London Grammar remix I'm just remixing remixing what I like to be honest we need to get um, that uh, London Grammar it's on your SoundCloud is that right it's, it's on, on your their SoundCloud um, where, where, do, where can people listen to that because that's uh, London Grammar SoundCloud it's yeah. London Grammar SoundCloud it's absolutely cracking remix I've just listened to it before we started the interview and um, highly recommended what was it how many people how many <laughs> sorry, it's like almost 10,000 in 12 hours 12 hours <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a track people like <laughs> and also um, I've been doing a lot of new club tracks so um, I have a new one on the FTD the underground label of Defected that is coming out uh, in weeks time with huge support from yeah. like local dice cats and dogs kink or all these people yeah. and I'm pretty happy about it so it means that I haven't I haven't compromised my name too yeah. much with the Calvinaris remix even if I didn't yeah. do the remix <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm just joking but yeah I'm, I'm just back on track with my with my sound I'm pretty focused I'm pretty inspired so getting back to the underground and I know that if I want to do something more overground it's going to be in a different project yeah yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, nice way of doing it, I guess. Um, it's it's difficult because some people like like yourself. It sounds like you stumbled upon success. You weren't out there hunting it. You just wrote some tracks that people really liked, and that's why they become popular. Because at the end of the day, pop music is just popular music. So you know, exactly. it doesn't have to be commercial to be popular. It becomes eventually yes. commercial. Yeah. Because it's been played on the radio and uh, all the kids are sharing it or whatever. But if you listen to the tracks in the first place, I was telling to all the people moaning about I was drunk. Hey, man, you were playing I was drunk before you went berserk. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were playing it because yeah. it's still a tool. It's a DJ tool with some chorus, of course. Yeah. But it's like a, a weird track, if you yeah. know what I mean. It, yeah, there's no a pop structure. It's a very there. original track. and. I mean, the, the, the commercial side of I was drunk was the Americano track that came out months after inspired by the yeah. the, uh, the yeah. i was drunk track but that was pretty commercial in terms of scenes line sounds or whatever uh, you know yeah. it's it's different and then of course because they play it at the radio daytime and it's everywhere it becomes commercial but yeah. it's it's not yeah. commercial it's more known yeah but it still comes from the underground well i guess you know like you know tracks like la la land you know, yeah. like, you know, and that track wasn't written to be a commercial hit, no. although it was, you know, look at uh, Knights of the Jaguar, you know, like, you know, DJ Rolando, you know, tracks like that. They weren't, someone didn't sit in the studio and go, I'm going to write a pop song and they write these mad out there tracks. They just become commercial because they're good. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, it's something like some sort of hook or whatever. It just yeah. picks up in people's hands. It's just the right, right elements work together. Yeah, that's right. Right, so I think people should stop moaning about what's commercial <laughs> and what's not, and just focus on how good is the music. If they like, if it, they or like not. it or not, it's all about moaning about something. You're cool. You're not cool. Your t-shirt is not V-necked, uh, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking hell, man. What, what about music? Let's talk about music. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, but look, a good, great example would be Fat Boy Slim. You know, yeah. when he was writing, you know, all of those big tunes, you know. Admittedly, they were pop tunes, but at that time, they were still getting played in the clubs, like in, in underground clubs. That was when Big Beat was in its infancy. Yeah. You know, I remember going to like um, Heavenly Social. Um, funny enough, just down the road from where we are now, when, at the Blue Note, when yeah. they used to do, when they'd done it in um, the basement there on a Sunday for a, f for a while. And I remember just hearing all the Fatboy Sim tracks way before they hit the charts. And when I was listening to it, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is a commercial track. I was just thinking, oh, that's cool, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, and they just, you know, through the sheer amount of people 
liking it, you know, becomes popular. That's it. Yeah. So, um, did I ask you where the name Reva Star came from? The actual name. Uh, it's um, it's a coupling of names. Uh, Riva comes from Gigi Riva, who was a very famous football player uh, in the sixties in Italy, and Star from Gangstar because I'm a huge fan of Gangstar. Yeah. So I coupled the two names. I thought it was cool. A couple of joints while I was doing it, and <laughs> I was convinced. Yeah, yeah. And it was good. It was the early days of the socials and stuff, and I couldn't find any other name. You know, similar. So I, I could have all the, you know, the the socials name with the River Star proper, not Mister River Star or yeah. Senor River Star or whatever. Doctor River Star. Oh, well, there was River Star everywhere. So happy yeah. days. It's an interesting name. It's um, it's it's sounds like a porn star, isn't it? It like does. Yeah. Meet Katie and River Star. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and people who sometimes. Some promoters that just don't know me, don't know my face, they would expect a girl. They are even like yeah. offended that I'm a, that I'm a, I'm a guy. It's like, where's the girl? Which girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riva. No, it's me. Oh. As soon as you had star to her name, it does sound porn. Yeah. <laughs> it? Let me take you to the hotel. I see you tonight. I mentioned this to you um, earlier about um, what artists, um, like young artists or, or established artists, in fact, what, what, what are you feeling at the moment? Who's doing it for you? For the, um, say, like the DJ sets, you know, stuff uh, that you're playing. There's a lot of people. I mean, I still, I still rate the Dirty Bird crew. They've been consistent yeah. since day one and they keep on doing it. So pretty cool stuff. I like the way they they try and put um, energy and ideas into the tracks all the time, different ideas yeah. and trying to surprise people. Sometimes, you know, I know plenty of producers are super good, but they always do the same loops over and over again with no ideas. It's okay, but it's not my thing. I mean, um, and there's a lot of very young producers. I mean, having a label just allows me to, you know, have mm, the idea of what's going on with the young people and stuff. And there's a lot of young producers, a lot from Italy, I must say. Yeah. Uh, they're doing really well. So I like Ruben Mandolini and it's doing pretty well. I, mean, I like these guys called Deep Shakers. Deep Shakers are nice stuff, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty nice. And um, and Santos is back on track big time. Uh, he's been doing a lot of stuff for the label as he's well. He's always been a powerhouse, in he, of, yeah. of production. You know, yeah. he's, he's psychedelic. He's Amazing. just kind of out. He's another one who has like a thousand sites project. Yeah. Yeah, like... Trippier and you know Banger, Mutant Clan, yeah, yeah, yeah. The difference, yeah, and, um, and we've been doing some stuff together, some collaborations. So is this gonna come out Snatch? Uh, I'm oh. not sure. Some, some of them is got an EP planned yeah. for October, and then um, some other uh, EPs on some other very cool labels. Right, I can tell you more. Uh, we are even managing him with the Snatch management now. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah, we have a management. A little booking agency that yeah. is hopefully going to grow up in the future. We're trying to build our own family, yeah. you know, and um, and make things in house and try and you know the DIY mm -hmm. approach. Do yeah, it all yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like you said earlier about it's easy for things to roll out of control and yeah. you start to lose control of this thing. It's just See, a time thing, though. A lot of it. Yeah, and I think you probably end up doing it with more love, much more love than a third party, you know. Yeah, person that is working for you. I mean, back in the days we were using some other companies for the promo, uh, and we were getting thirty, forty very mild, passive pro uh, feedbacks. Now we we get two hundred of the best DJs around. Yeah, and we just send an email, and yep. because we are doing it with passion and we know where to, you know, 
focus on and whatever you know yeah. so it's paying off so we're trying to do everything in house even promotion and stuff right it's hard work but you know yeah. you have to do it just having a nice little team around you yeah people yeah. that don't mind working hard yeah people that you know you just know and they love and have passion for you know what they are doing that's pretty important i think that's good it'd be it'd, can't wait to hear some stuff you're working with santos because Back in the day, you know, Maddox and Santos was, for me, it was because it was kind of very, it was heavy, it was trippy, it was deep, but it still went off. It was still banging music. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's the break stuff that I used to like. Obviously, you know, if you have the same taste as someone, so, you know, I can I can appreciate everything that you're making now because we have similar tastes in music. Yeah. Um, you know, even with Santos at, the way that he moved on into house, even though it had changed and it was fitting into another genre or category, you know, that was placed on Beatport, you know, it still had his kind of trippy builds that would yeah. would build up and it would just come back with just a bass line. And, you know, it was just, um, it, was nice to, it was nice to see he could make that sound work wherever he wanted, you know, it was just, it'd be nice, you know, it would be nice to hear what you're working on. Yeah, yeah, some good stuff. Uh, there's actually a track that really reminds me of the Trouble Soup EP we did, um, which is still pretty rated. I mean, around I've seen yeah, yeah. someone selling it for what's I don't that, know what's happened to Mantra. Um, I I haven't been to They're Marco. Still doing, was it Marco? Yeah, I think Marco left. They're still doing stuff, but more like catalog stuff. Right. We just left, you know, after a while. Nothing very. Not, not in a good state. <laughs> yeah. It's like you a know, relationship. Like, <laughs> like, like often happens, you know, with these things. Um, uh, that's possibly one of the reasons why possibly I changed the name yeah. from Maddox to Riverstar, which at, at the beginning I thought it was like a bad thing, you know, to start from scratch. But yeah. then eventually I said, you know what, it's better to, you know, yeah. just, you know, reset everything. Yeah. and Fresh slate. And uh, also because... Uh, People were listening to my stuff without any prejudice. And whereas I found that a lot of Breakbeat producers, when they moved from Breakbeat, that was not working anymore, yeah. they were forced and they felt like they had to produce Electro House. Yeah. I'm not even sure why, but the cheesiest Electro House on the market, you know, like, yeah. and I, I never got that. They were producing some amazing Breakbeat and some of the cheesiest Electro House around. And I was like, Fucking hell! Well, I think I think that is a lot of the guys that were making funky breaks when they switched over to making sort of funky four four music, funky electro. It's got to be the most uncoolest sound on this planet. Funky electro. Yeah, so <laughs> so bad, so bad. Um, yeah, but then you know we we we're working on some more stuff. Um, a few people have commented on Facebook because I just posted something on Facebook said that I was coming over and um, interviewing you. A few people have said, um, would you ever revive Maddox now? I'm not sure if I legally can. <laughs> really? Maybe I might call myself the man formerly known as Maddox. Uh, <laughs> or a little symbol. <laughs> no, I think I will manage to get my name back and, you know, uh, we are in good relationship now, so it's yeah. okay. Uh Yes, I might. Uh, I really hope someone will will make a smashing breakbeat hit <laughs> and get the scene back. I, I really miss some good old breakbeat. Yeah, uh, it's, it's obviously gonna be in a, in a different shape, but we always gonna be on the more bloody kind of vibe. Yeah. 
I quite like, you know, like breaking the rules with house. Even in, sometimes I do some breakish kind of tracks. Yeah, I've had you in, in, incorporating breaks in the fills, in the breakdowns. Yeah, the, but the element. Yeah, some elements than... are still part of it. I still love it. Um, I think it takes time. You know, you really need to wait for the right time. It's a cycle. It's yeah, always yeah, been. Yeah. I mean, when new school breaks, when you, Rennie, and all those people just, you know, came into the new school breaks. It's, there's been a while where Breakbeat was like the black sheep, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it took a while. It took the big beat to get people, uh, you know, even yeah. to, to get a commercial attention of the people, you know, from House, which was very poor in ideas to Breakbeat. That's why Breakbeat yeah. was so huge. But now House, an alternative yeah, to, yeah. now House is so healthy that you can't, you, you don't really miss an alternative genre yeah. who might become big. So when eventually House will become, you know, Stale. Yeah, stale again. Then maybe Breakbeat will come again. Well, Garage is making a bit of a comeback. Like the sort of that almost UK Garage sound. I know it's on Dirty Bird. Some of the stuff does sound very garagey. Yeah, but the thing like, is, it's it, just, it's not like New School Breaks was back in the days. No, like no, no, no. Bringing something new to the table. They're just covering the old stuff. So it's just a copy of what was going on. Not adding anything new. I mean, from my point of view. Right. Uh, which is something that really upset me because you you have the attention of the kids, you know, with this like new school uh, breaks and whatever, and uh, the, the, this new school garagey thing, and they just like, you know, yeah. try and, and do the copycats to make money. Yeah. What's the name of that actor? Or in the same building? Rudimental. Uh, Rudimental, yeah, and upstairs. They're killing it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a nice mixture of drum and bass and pop and yeah. breaks elements and even house. Yeah, they got some garagey bits, you know, yeah. kind of. Yeah. They they're sound cool very classic. Yeah. They sound classic like a lot of the material you feel like you know. Yeah. You know, I guess, um, you know, same with Disclosure, you know. Yeah. Is the, you know, their stuff just sounds like you've you've known it for all your life yeah, even though they have a couple of young kids you know? stepish kind of scene yeah. just put on a forum for and um, I think there's the Artful Dodger involved isn't it oh ah that would be that would explain a hell of a lot not sure not sure yeah. 100% but I think so yeah, so because it sounds very mature. The sound, yeah, very steppish. For, well. for for a, for a couple of kids, it really sounds like they've been around and they know what they're doing. Maybe maybe, maybe they're just maybe they just you know right they're just yeah, really and feeling have, it and it's working. An executive, an artistic producer. Yeah, that happens for every big act anyway. Good luck to them. I like their music. You know, if if I'm going to listen to pop music, yeah, I, I want it to sound like that. That's good. And not those cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> And then it just drops. Yeah. <laughs> Drop bass, boom. Um, so I've just got um, a couple more questions. Um, just a few bits um, regarding production, because I know that a lot of tech heads are always interested in, with, with regards to the interviews, what, what the producers I'm chatting to use, like um, how they write their music, you know, the kind of time frame. You know, how, what, what do you use sequencer-wise? Uh, I'm just an Ableton head at the moment. Ableton. I've been using Ableton since 2001, but just for the live sets when I was playing in bands and stuff. And then in 2006, uh, actually, actually in 2008, I did this track called Maria on Kindish, which is a Get Physical sub-label. And it was actually the first track I did on Ableton. And since then, 
you know, I just left logic. It's such a, you know, such a It's quick. Effort. It yeah. is quick. Um, Plus, I I have all my analog outboard here. So for me, Ableton is just a sequencer. I don't do any bounce, any internal bounce. I right. just record everything through all my... You we know. were talking about the distressor earlier yeah. as well. Distressor, like a I got a class, class A mixer with 24 channels, um, converter from Apogee, SSL bus compressor, Lynx Aurora sound card. So everything... See, everything you run gets through external. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do all my stuff uh, inside the laptop even when I travel and then, you know, I just mix it down. And take it back mm. home and tidy it up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> these um, these monitors are worth mentioning as well in the studio. The Barefoot. Um, Micromain 27, wow. yeah. They changed my life. They're heavy sound, man. Yeah, and then you can, you know, pretty much get each and every frequency. And uh, also they say that uh, you can use them as uh, mastering speakers as well. Yeah. They're pretty tight. And you've got cool. a couple of Genelex near-field monitors as well. Yeah, I've They're been nice. using those, in particular, those two since 98. You can see the glue on a woofer there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I never changed it. They still do it for me, you know, near-field. You know. And I see your machine is it's sitting in the corner of the room, so Gavin, you're not using that anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I like to switch between equipments and stuff. Uh, I don't want to use the same kind of setup all the time. So sometimes it's on, sometimes it's in the corner, and I get some keyboards. Sometimes you know, I use now the I yeah. have the new Roland, the Roland or whatever. You know, what well, it depends from what I want to do. If I want to do a very shuffly kind of groove with different sounds, I just get machine on in a second and you know get my sounds on and or maybe i use another sequencer or some you know modules of max for live um you know there's not a rule i i like to play and do different things all the time yep so there's no set sort of format it's just kind of what no, what, no. Su what suits the track i think it's better otherwise I, I would get bored you know like working always with the same kind of you know structure and whatever it's good to you know start from different angles and use different equipment and outboard and plugins even even though i don't use that many plugins to be honest no not not that many no, how did how, how did you learn? Did you did you do a course or did you just teach yourself? Or? No, by myself. I was just in mid nineties, uh, hanging out with friends, trying to find out what these audio tracks were because we were working with the samplers, you know, like the Akai nine fifty, all those yeah, samples. Yeah. Um, then from then, I made a live set with a friend of mine, very amateur kind of live set and there was this producer in 98 who just picked me up and brought me to the studio left me in the studio all analog old school kind of studio for two weeks for a remix i never touched any outboard or whatever and since then he taught me a lot of things for a couple of years yeah and then i bought my own equipment slowly and uh, you know trying things spending time lots of hours yeah lots of hours <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of hours failing that's the thing yeah. people don't tell you about getting your you sound learning how to tweak stuff and yeah people. i always say to to the people i mean my sound is not perfect i mean even the the the, the maddox stuff was not perfect because i'm not an engineer i don't know the rules of how to work properly the, the compressor and the frequencies and stuff i just you know try and mix in the way i like it what sounds good to yeah. you and yeah and sometimes is if if the um, uh, the, the the track is too difficult to mix down, or I just use an engineer. Sometimes Santos does some mix downs, yeah. uh, but mostly I just try and you know 
do the, the mix downs in the way I like it. And if they work in the club, you know, happy days. Yeah. Sometimes even like not being perfect in the mix down makes your sound more original. Yeah. And, you know, with the mastering as well, is like they can real, really pull out certain frequencies yeah. that by mistake you might have left like a, a low mid down there. When they're mastered and they bring it back up, it sounds perfect. Whereas if you had pushed that into the sound to start with, you wouldn't have had the same exactly, like yeah. quality, you know. it's Yeah. You know, it's, um, I guess it's um, it's what, what's right for you. Not, yeah, it's not, a balance of There's things. no such thing as it's right. It's just what's right for you. Yeah, exactly. And then we, we come again to the same concept of having your own sound, recognizable sound. I think the mix down, it's really part of those of that concept, you know, like even like making the mix down in a certain way because you like kick drums louder or like hi-hats louder than normal, than yeah. the rule, you <laughs> know, it, it makes your sound more recognizable. So I think it's all part of the or the whole thing yeah um so uh i think we're kind of pretty much there and what, um, what you got lined up shows show wise you got anything coming in there yeah i'm gonna be in ibiza a last time closing party for a row i'm gonna do uh I, I actually uh, i have a weekend in uh i have two gigs midweek in scotland now. Oh, okay cool during the independence vote. Oh, really? <laughs> 17 and 18. Yeah, whereabouts are they? Do you know? Um, I'm playing in Glasgow at the Arches. Wicked. And Aberdeen at the Underground. Mm. The Arches uh, is great venue. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. amazing. And um, and then I'm going to Ibiza and then uh, two weeks in America. Well, when are you heading to America? Early October, first two weeks of October. Oh, okay. It's a shame I go in November. Uh, I'll okay. be home by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going back. I'm doing the DJ Mark Top 100 party at Electric Brickstone, if I'm not wrong. Right. Okay, cool. And a few other parties in Europe and then possibly South America. I'm going to Australia, New Zealand, touching a few cities. When, when are you off to New Zealand? Um, Australia? Uh, Christmas, New Zealand. Oh, really? Okay, I'll, I'll be there in January. Um, That's so, a nice yeah, time man. to go there. We, we've got mutual friends in um, yeah. Australia. We've, a few, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like Simon Norford. Yeah, yeah Simon. Yeah. I always hang out at his house. When he's I got a new place. He's got a really, he always got a new oh, place. Oh, man, he's got a really nice place now. Yeah, and the studio there as well. So ah, really yeah, I think I've been the one yeah. with the stairs, right? Uh, yeah, with a... With a yeah, oh, I can't. I can't. Yeah, yeah. It, you there. know, with the stairs you can see through. Yeah, the bottom yeah, yeah. Of them, yeah. I think he's changed three or four villas. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, man. Good top guy. Yeah. Always good fun. And his friends are crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got. Um, I played there in um, January last year, and I went to a party um, at the Burdekin Hotel. I got spiked with acid wow. while I was DJing. It wasn't nothing to do with him. Um, I was playing and some guy came over and gave me a drink. And I'm drinking it. And he came back about 10 minutes later and said, can I, can I have some of that drink that you had just given me? And I was thinking, cheap ass. Like, he bought me a drink and he wants to share it, you know. Man, I mean, like, the next day I was just tripping balls. And wow, the next day? Yeah, I got spiked properly. Uh, um, and also, it's like, in, there was signs up there, because it's, it's the start of the gay parade, so they're like, be careful with your drinks because of people spiking you with different things, you know. No, I've never had anything like that in my life. I, I will never accept drinks off a stranger again. But um, yeah, that was around Simon's. <laughs> in the morning. In the morning, the funny thing was I was DJ. I said, well, I'm going to take it easy tonight. Let's have a quiet night. I just play and we go head back. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. 
it's you always trouble. The next day, I'm still tripping balls. <laughs> I might know one or two friends who may have done that. <laughs> oh man, that was too much. Um, can I get a few um, stings before we wrap this up? This mm-hmm. is this is Riva Star. You're listening to Meet Katie on lowering the tone. Hi, this is River Star, and you're listening to Meet Katie's lowering the tone. Yo, ciao, sono River Star. A.K.A. Stefano <laughs> e stai ascoltando Lowering the Tone con Meet Katie <laughs> Ciao Thanks for doing this pal It's lovely seeing you Thanks man Cheers Ciao So there you have it Episode 7 of Lowering the Tone with me, Meet Katie I sincerely hope you enjoy the show It's uh, a real pleasure to play music to you As I mentioned earlier, if you want to get involved, the way to do so is via Bandcamp, sharing a link, retweeting, whatever you can do will be appreciated. So until next time, take care.
To receive a track listing for the show, please go to meetkatie.com and subscribe.